drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown, Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? Monday, we are talking fantasy football right here on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. Coming off the big turkey day, Thanksgiving, extended holiday, lots of good food, times with family, lots to talk about today. Before we even get into the fantasy football, like... Do you think the people that make pumpkin pie sell, like, any pumpkin pies mid-year? Is anybody buying pumpkin pie in the summertime? Is anybody buying a pumpkin pie in the spring or the early fall? I bet you if you looked at their sales uh, reports, I mean, it probably spikes, you know, in in that early, mid-November, right up until Thanksgiving, and then just drops off a cliff, you know, for the rest of the year. But uh, I had to have myself a piece of pumpkin pie uh, around this Thanksgiving time. Turkey, got to have the stuffing, mashed potatoes, all that good stuff. But uh, we're here talking fantasy football. So um, what I want to do today, I've got a few topics uh, that I want to get to, as well as... Um, we'll do the uh, fastest two minutes in, in all of fantasy football and give you guys those leaders and talk a little bit more about that. I'm, I'm going to talk about past doesn't always equal the present. I want to talk about how quarterbacks still are showing that they just have low value in most fantasy leagues. Um, want to look ahead as I have been to playoffs, talk to you guys about playoff schedules, weather, kickers, and defenses. So uh, we'll hit on all that uh, on the back half of the show as well. So. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and do this. Let's just jump right into it. So um, let me go ahead and get you some of the, your fantasy football leaders for week 13 of the National Football League. Now, when I'm looking at these leaders, I mean, this was one I plucked out. Again, I haven't done my percentages, but on my Fantasy Football Weekly article that you can find in USA Today Lions Wire, I swear if you go through the intriguing players, some of my start sits, I, I, I got a pretty good percentage working for the year. But Jared Goff had been playing terrible, been not doing much, and I just felt like this was a game he was going to blow up. So Jared Goff, 424, two touchdowns, 120 quarterback rating, big time from the quarterback position. Dak Prescott's here on my list, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but in one of my fantasy leagues, I tried to get him out of the lineup for Tom Brady and kind of got busy and didn't save or didn't click right, whatever happened, left Dak Prescott in. He still went for 355, two TDs, Um, got me some good points there. Mitch Trubisky, oh my goodness, 338 and three touchdowns on Thanksgiving against our Lions, are you kidding me? Those are kind of like your leading quarterbacks for the most part. 
Work our way down here to the running backs. Derrick Henry doing big things again. 149 and a touch. This guy goes for 150 a week. I've said it before. Darius Geis comes out of the woodwork and puts up one, two, nine, and two tutties. Oh, baby. Um, you know, just some other names. Mostert, you know, in there. Melvin Gordon, Gurley, Saquads had a decent day. Let's get to those uh, guys catching passes. Robert Woods, 172. Didn't find the end zone, though. Devontae Parker, again, another guy that just came out of nowhere. 159. And uh, two touchdowns for Devontae. Kenny Galladay, an absolute beast. Four for 158 and a touch. We've got James Washington still doing big things. 111 and a touch. Those are your top receivers, and that's your leaders. For week 13. All right, so there it is, everybody. Nailed it again, right on the dot. Two-minute drill. Got your leaders. Let me go back to a couple of these. You know, Jared Goff, like I said, that's my up-down theory. That's a guy where everybody, you'll listen to the, what is it, the GM Shuffle podcast, and all Mike Lombardi does bang on Jared Goff. They're going to hate the contract. This and the other. Everyone's down on this offense because it hasn't been incredible like the year prior. Like, I I just think, you know, those guys still have three really good receivers and, and some decent backups. They have, you know, Todd Gurley, who everybody's down on, who to me, again, um, what, what were his numbers? He went for 95 and a touchdown. I mean, that guy can still put this together depending on the game plan. So Jared Goff, I mean, I don't love him as a player, but I felt like he had been down so much and everybody was so down on the Rams that going into Arizona indoors, you know, lots of lots of weaponry. Everybody seemed to be pretty healthy. Like figured he was gonna he's gonna ball out. Now, let me let me give you a personal story on Darius Geis. So Darius Geis is a guy I've always really liked. I liked him at LSU coming out of the in the draft. I just loved his his size, his running style. Super young. I think he came out as 21 somewhere in that range. You could catch it a little bit, but but basically it was kind of that downhill thumper with some speed and some ability to make people miss and and, and just, you know, seem to have that feature back type of role. So, you know, I picked him up, I think, two weeks before he came back off injury. I knew Adrian Peterson was there. I know Chris Thompson was kind of there. But I thought I'd tuck him away and just sort of, you know, keep him just in case, you know, as and for two weeks, you know, he kind of 30 yards, 40 yards. I know he had that receiving touchdown a few weeks ago that he ended up house calling. But my thing with Darius Geis is just the consistency didn't seem to be there. You know, he just, he's they had a three-headed monster when it comes to running back. You know, I like him as a player, but I just didn't see myself putting him in the lineup at all. So I ended up cutting Darius Geis like right before Sunday. And I think in that league, it's kind of a smaller league, but somebody let go of Tevin Coleman, who I thought was balling out. I thought Tevin Coleman was having a great year in San Francisco whenever he does get the rock. I know they've sort of been, you know, flip-flopping their running backs or going with the hot hand, but, you know, Tevin Coleman's had some big games this year. I think he's had a couple, three touchdown uh, weeks maybe. He can catch it. You know, if he hits a, hits a seam, he's gone. So I thought it was a decent, you know, roll the dice to go get Tevin Coleman instead of keep Darius Geis, you know, and consider that I probably was not going to play him because in that league, I believe I got Zeke Fournette, you know, Philip Lindsay, 
I had Geis and Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders really coming on too as a looks to be kind of that feature back, really good football player. So I cut Geis. I pick up Coleman. It's just that typical fantasy football okie doke. Like Darius Geis goes for you know what I say, 129, two touchdowns. You know, running with power, running with ferocity. And Tevin Coleman, like, didn't even play. I mean, I think he had, you know, I don't even know his numbers, but they were just non-existent. I thought, is he hurt? Like, did did I miss something here? Because he was projected in the league to score, you know, in double figures. I looked at his, um, one thing I do a lot, I don't know if you guys do this out there, but is look at kind of his percentage owned. You know, if I'm going for free agents, I sort of want to see who's got a really high percentage owned across all leagues because, there's so many leagues out there, you know, but if somebody's 90% owned, 80% owned, you know, that means they're healthy. That means a lot of people have them on their on their fantasy squad. Sometimes that makes a, a good filter to kind of get through all these different players and people that are out there. So, you know, Tevin Coleman was 96% owned in ESPN leagues and Geis was in the 50s. You know, so it's kind of like, man, let me go snag with Tevin Coleman. You know, got burned on that. You know, it's going to happen. Um, same with Devontae Parker. He's a guy I've had in a few leagues. I liked him two, three years ago. Kind of gave up on him over the last year or so, thinking this guy this guy can't get it done. He's got questionable hands. His, his size and ability isn't translating. I just don't see him being good. Sure enough, this year, you know, the mid-back half of the year, he starts putting up numbers, starts looking like the player, but he thought. So, um, you know, the NFL is crazy. You know, again, I, I put in Nick Foles in a league. I think I saw a couple experts after I put him in were on TV, and they're like, look out for the Nick Foles this week. You know, he's set up to have a really big week. This guy comes out, turns the football over three, four times, ends up giving me one point in one of my leagues. Gets pulled for me and you. Um, you know, I mean, we all we all know what kind of day Nick Foles had. I mean, I guess I gotta I gotta summon my boy Charles. That's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. That's terrible. And uh, got sat down for the young fella. I don't know what's going on there in Jacksonville with quarterbacks, but I I guess. You know, talking about these and just kind of giving a little bit more is, you know, the past doesn't always equal the present and the present doesn't always equal the past. Like you can look at a guy's stat line and say, wow, this guy's had four or five good weeks. Like he's got a good matchup. He should have a good you know point total for me. It's it doesn't mean it's going to happen. You can have a guy that has done anything. Again, some of these guys that come out of the woodwork every week, you know, um, you know, in Geis's case, he's just sort of coming off injuries, kind of a uh, committee he's sitting there, and the guy blows up. You know, some of these, um, gosh, let me see, Anthony Miller, receiver that that killed the Lions, 140 yards. I mean, this guy was had you know draft pedigree, came out, everybody loved him, had a decent year. Uh, it was everybody's high on him coming in this year. Hasn't done anything, you know, uh, injury issues, all types of stuff. Then he just sort of shows up, you know, um, Cole Beasley, a guy that everybody was sort of thinking he might be okay in Buffalo. Didn't do much. Now all of a sudden he's put up 110 yards and a touchdown the last few weeks. It feels like so Tyler Higby, a tight end for LA. This guy, you know, is supposed to be the second tight end kind of a, you know, drafted I think in the top three rounds never does anything now he's catching 107 yards and a score I mean how many people have Tyler Higby in their starting lineup 
So you, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, for all you guys out there, keep your eyes on Miles Sanders. I feel like he's got the the lead role. Howard's dinged up. I feel like next year going to be a pretty exciting player to have on your fantasy roster. And even Matt Ryan. I took Matt Ryan out when I saw Julio was down. And Matt Ryan still has a good day. 3-12, two touchdowns. He'd turn it over twice. So you just don't know. I mean... It's crazy. Fantasy football is nuts. But uh, like I say, don't always make your decisions on what the guy's doing right then because you sometimes you can ride the hot streak, sometimes you can't. You just sort of got to play not only instinct but matchups and just sort of what's your strategy. A lot of my strategy sometimes is, oh, man, that guy's a premier elite player. He hasn't been good. He's got a good matchup, and he's probably going to break out or they're probably going to feature him, and I go with him. Or... Man, this guy's been really good for three, four weeks now. He's got kind of a tough defense. I'm going to sit him down because I feel like they're going to go in a different direction. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it burns me. But you got to kind of figure out how you want to handle it and go with that. So don't always base it on what's currently going on. And don't be afraid of a guy that is talented that hasn't done it if you think it's a good situation for him to score points. Now let me talk about quarterbacks low value. I feel like QBs, everybody knows in like an 8, 10, 12 team league to wait on quarterbacks. You know, that's been the strategy for a long time in fantasy football. You know, you'll always get the couple people in your league or these couple fantasy experts say, oh no, there's a real big advantage of going and getting Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, Patty Mahomes. Now Lamar Jackson's putting up big numbers. Like, you know where people got Lamar Jackson this year? Probably you know, as maybe their second quarterback or toward the end of their draft. So there's guys every week that put up numbers from the quarterback position because there's only 32 of them. You know, it's really not that hard. If you're in a 10-team league, if everybody has two, that only means 20 quarterbacks. That still means there's 12 quarterbacks that are out there. Probably five, five to seven of those are probably um, queue up Charles again. That's terrible. They're, they're, they're probably terrible quarterbacks, but the other are, are serviceable. So, I mean, just looking at this past week, I mean, Mitch Trubisky's in the top four, basically, for leaders at quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been benched, I don't even know how many times. He's up there, basically, at number two overall this past week. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, who is, like, off everybody's radar. Then Aaron um, Andrew Luck quits on his team. Everybody's like, oh, man, I knew Jacoby Brissett. He's a solid football player. He's a, you know, he's a really good guy. I mean, okay, if you had him in one of your leagues, you picked him up. Congratulations. But, you know, it's not a guy I want to roll out every week. He had, had like, no touchdowns, I want to say, the past three weeks. Now, all of a sudden, he puts up 319, you know, finds the end zone. David Blau for the Lions. I mean, this guy comes out. He's never played an NFL game in his life. 280 and two touchdowns. I know I had some people saying he was great. Um, we'll talk about that Wednesday, I'm sure, on the fantasy football or on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, where hopefully, if Grifka doesn't say it, I'll say, uh, David Blau was good, but uh, he's not that great. Um, but he's pretty much all the Lions got right now. So he put up numbers. Kyle Allen for Carolina put up numbers. I mean, these are the top guys, and, like, they're none of the big names that you would expect. You know, I know I know Watson balled out. I know Aaron Rodgers did some things in the snow. But you're not seeing the top names. So it just proves to me, again, you wait on QBs. You hang in there. You know that even if you get an injury, 
if you're not in a very deep league, you can still go out and get somebody. There's no reason to spend the top four, five-round pick on a quarterback in a standard-type fantasy league. It's just not not what you want to do. So let's go ahead and take a break, get our sponsor in here. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you guys about playoffs. I know this last week was probably, you know, where you were kind of finishing up your season, you know, probably uh, probably getting ready. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. I hope you guys won a lot of games out there. And yes, Jim Moore, we're going to talk all about playoffs when we come back from the break because I want to tell you guys things to look for. You know, do your research, how to kind of get ahead of the game. Um, if you didn't do it this year, you want to keep these things on your brain next year for, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. You got to be a week or two ahead on some of this stuff to really get that, get that leg up when it comes to playoff time and trying to win these championships. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, back here on the Fantasy Football Flavor Show. Appreciate you guys listening to our sponsors. And like I say, make sure you hit up uh, Spotify. You know, if, if you got dreams and want to start a podcast and want to talk sports or music or any of your hobbies that you enjoy, definitely check out the Anchor Podcast and see if you can get your own thing started. Uh, it takes a lot of work, a lot of consistency, a lot of um, you know time, but uh, definitely worth it if you can get your uh, podcast off the ground. So l- let me go ahead. We're talking playoffs, and, and, and like I said, I mean, when you talk playoffs, you got to talk this guy. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I mean, one of the greatest sound drops of all time, along with this. We're talking about practice. Those are two clutch ones, but like like I said, I'm here today to talk about playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Uh and and I I hope you guys won a bunch of games this year. You know, I know hope you enjoyed listening to the fantasy show. I kind of just threw this together and wanted to just jump on the mic for 30, 45 minutes a week and and talk fantasy. Now, I don't I don't get crazy into the stats. I don't I don't give you guys a bunch of, you know, exacts on this show. You know, I try to break it down a little bit more on my fantasy football weekly article for USA Today Lions Wire where I give you um, start sits and some more player names and people to look at. But here we kind of talk broad topics. And that's what I want to do today when it comes to playoffs. So there's four things I think you should look for before you head into your fantasy playoffs. And you want to be doing this a week or two before you get there. Now, I know sometimes you're saying, well, Okri, like I got to... 
I gotta win. I gotta like just make sure I get there. I cannot look in two weeks ahead. I understand that. Like if you're in really close nip and tuck, you do have to do what you gotta do. But there's still ways with your bench, IR spots, certain ways to sort of tuck players away for the future while you're still putting in a good roster every week. So the four things I want to hit on when it comes to playoffs is um, the playoff schedules. Um, that's kind of looking ahead, seeing who your primetime players are going against. And not even so much your primetime guys, because you know you're not going to be cutting, you know, Dalvin Cook. You're not letting go you know, Lamar, all these people. But you're looking ahead to see kind of who they're playing. You know, are they playing, you know, lesser competition? If so, you feel good. If they really got tough, hard matchups against really good defenses, all right, who's my backup playing? Because if your backup is playing really hard teams as well, you may want to cut that backup for a guy that maybe isn't going to help you in this moment, but maybe he's got a cake schedule in in what are your fantasy playoffs, and it might be smart to put him there because, yeah, you don't want to bench your studs, but you may have an injury before you get there, and you may just the matchup may be too good to not put you know, a secondary type piece. And so, um, you know, a lot of leagues, you can easily kind of pull up schedules, look two, three, four weeks ahead. Uh, definitely suggest you do that. Another thing, this again, I think I talked about it on a previous show, but it's, it's so smart to do and very few people do it. I think there's a few good websites you can Google out there for, for weather. It'll show you in a real quick snapshot what the weather is for all the games that week. Now, you don't want to be checking that on Monday or Tuesday of the week. You want to wait till Saturday, you know, even Sunday morning to get a look at what those weather reports are going to be. Because if you're talking about you need receivers and quarterbacks to do well, who who's in a dome, who's in sunny weather, um, you do not want to be outdoors in terrible winds, rain, snow, when everything is on the line. So find a website you like, use those weather reports, look at who's at, who's playing where, are they at home? Are they on the road? Um, you know, where are they headed, where the, what, what the weather is that to me, that's really important. And that's one that really goes overlooked a lot of times. I think you just sort of like minutes for kickoff, you see that picture of, uh, you know, where your team is playing and you just, you know, it's not going to be a good day, put up fantasy points, but it's too late at that point. Kickers, 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 kickers. They're people too, and I feel like you have to be on top of kickers. You have to be on top of who they're playing. You have to be on top of where they're playing. I'm always shooting for indoor games. I just feel like kickers indoors can boot the ball farther, straighter, have much better um, accuracy. And, And for kickers, a lot of times I'll look for a guy that's on a team that's decent on offense but not great. I don't want to have a guy where he's all he's doing is kick extra points. I want to have a guy on a team where he's good. The offense can move the football, but they've been known to stall out because pretty much in every league I've ever been in, you know, field goals start at three and then start working their way up four, five, six, depending on distance. A couple of leagues I'm in, you know, over 50 yards is six points. That's the same as a touchdown. So everybody just may think, you know, I, I still do wait till the final rounds basically to draft my kickers. But, you know, hey, if a 50-yard field goal is worth six, I'm definitely trying to get a guy that can bang 50-yard field goals at high rate because, you know, when you're just getting touchdowns, I mean, the guy might have two 50-yarders in a game. That's like two free touchdowns that can definitely help you get over the top. So try to look for those key kickers where they're indoors, what's going on with them. 
Um, defenses, uh, you know, when you're looking at a lot of leagues still have team defenses. I know a lot of my leagues, we've sort of moved to individual defensive players. If you're still doing team defense, um, this is one that, you know, a lot of the, the websites and, and people you hear online will be telling you, Hey, these three, four teams have really good matchups, you know, the next few weeks when you're going to be in the playoffs and, and it's up to you to decide, are you willing to get rid of maybe a, a better overall defense to have that defense that has good matchups? Are you willing to look ahead far enough so that I know in a couple of my leagues, I actually, I think it was the Packers. I picked with Packers in a league because I, I did this. I looked ahead and I, there was four or five teams that I kind of had in consideration. I was like, to me, the Packers had the easiest schedule, in the worst weather, you know, where you could have lots of turnovers, lots of bad offense. So I end up snagging up them. I'm hoping they really help me when when the chips are down. So, you know, to, to, to me, those four those four things may seem like small things. Like, hey, you know, okay, look ahead, but I'm still going to play my studs. Okay. You know, weather, you know, some people say, well, I'm not going to take out a good player just because the weather is bad. Yeah, you don't necessarily take a guy out, but you definitely want to be on top of the weather. What is it? How do you feel about it? What type of player? You know, if it's if it's a running back in in somewhat sloppy weather, maybe sometimes that helps. You know, I know I know wide receivers sometimes say, "Hey, as long as I can sort of keep my feet, uh, I know where I'm going," and the DB doesn't. So they kind of like some of the sloppy weather because they can make one cut, the guy slips, and it's a touchdown. You know, but. I haven't bought that recently. Like, I feel like any of these bad weather games, you know, it's pretty bad football, you know, when it comes to to points, touchdowns, rain, a little bit of light rain with not a, not wind. You know, I feel like I'll roll my guys out in that situation. But we start getting into snow. We start getting into just crazy wind gusts. Yeah, I'm probably sitting those guys down because in most leagues, you probably have a comparable option. You know, if it's a big drop-off, you're talking about sitting down, you know, Pat Mahomes and going to, gosh, a mid-level quarterback. I mean, I'm not doing that, but if it's, if it's, I mean, if it's the Jared Goffs or the uh, Dak Prescotts of the world and the step down is like a Matt Ryan indoors with Julio and all of his other parts, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going with Matt Ryan in that situation. So, um, you want to be on top of that, you, again, you're... Your kickers, to me, uh, get forgot about all the time. I even like to have two kickers towards the end of the year if I got open roster spot because then I can pick between the two. You know, maybe I'll have like a Matt Prater and a Justin Tucker. Like, I don't want to sit Justin Tucker down, but he's playing in some terrible weather in uh, Baltimore and Matt Prater's at home for the Lions in, in great weather and he can bang those 50-yarders. Like, maybe I'm rolling Matt Prater out there. You know, that's an example. And then, like I said, the defense – the, the leagues where I had it wrapped up, I, I, I went and got that defense that has a, a nice schedule. Usually weeks, what are we in? We're heading towards week 14. So most leagues, your final week is week 13, 14, 15, 16 are kind of those main playoff weeks. So you just look at that schedule and you try to get the best defense. And, and again, defense comes down to turnovers, sacks, point totals. So who who's going to keep people low points on the scoreboard? And who's going to turn the football over is really, uh, you know, if you get a touchdown defensively, that's always just a bonus in my opinion. But uh, like I said, this is the time that counts. I, I think the part that's hard about fantasy football is you play these 12, 13 weeks of 
football, you're trying to win every week, you're super competitive, and really it comes down to these couple weeks, you know, how is your lineup, is it hurt, is it not, you know, did you look ahead, are you ready to go, who do you play, sometimes in your league, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to play that team in the first round, like, I don't want to see them, and and vice versa, you know, like, oh man, I got lucky, I got to play that team, I could beat them and get to the championship type of feel, so, you know, um, Good luck to everybody out there. Like I say, hopefully this has been um, kind of fun and just informal. Like I say, just talking fancy football like we would if we're sitting in a room, not going crazy on stats. I know you can find all that stuff by Googling it or going to some of these other websites. But um, I think it's going to be super important for you to look at those four factors as well as not get caught up in the past or the present. You know, just sort of use your judgment and look at all the different factors. You know, always know that if there's a spot you can burn, it's usually quarterback, you know, when you're talking about drafting as well as in season. You know, you want to really get aggressive and cut bait. Maybe you just go down to that one quarterback, your starter, and you can add another position piece, whether it be running back, wide out. You know, I don't suggest adding a another tight end because um, there's probably not any, any elite ones out there. But, yeah, I definitely uh, cut a quarterback to get another running back or receiver that may help me uh, down the line. You never know what kind of injuries can hit you. And we went over those fantasy leaders. So heading into week 14, again, getting back to some normalcy. We just got the one Thursday game. Um, loaded up on Sunday. No bye weeks, no nothing. Should be fun. I know I am... I think, don't know if I'll be in any playoffs uh, this up. I guess I will. I think I'll be heading into one or two leagues where we'll be heading into playoffs and another couple where we actually wait another week. So uh, 15, 16 um, type thing is kind of how we sh- how we shake out a couple of my leagues. You don't want to get into week 17. You know, I may have mentioned that before, but some people are like, oh, we our league goes all the way to week 17. You know, we want to get all we can out of fantasy football. It's like, no, what you're really asking for when you do that is, you know, you thinking it's a good idea and then your team makes it to the championship one year. And because you had a baller either at quarterback or running back on a really good team, they end up sitting out week 17. Now you're playing the championship without the guy that got you there. That's not what you want to do. And uh, rarely does it happen, you know, for two weeks, you know, so that's why I feel comfortable by ending week 16. But you push it to week 17, you're asking for trouble. And like I said, it always sounds good until it happens to you. And that's a big issue, you know, for whoever got jobbed just because somebody sat down on a bye week. So keep all that in mind. Enjoy fantasy football for a couple more weeks. And uh, we'll be back here uh, next week talking all things fantasy football. And on Wednesday and Friday, all things Detroit Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.